You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We hope you've enjoyed the weekend. I know the Atlanta Braves certainly did down in Miami as they picked up a four-game sweep. They ran their winning streak to six in a row, and all of a sudden a road trip that looked like it could be disastrous ended up being, I will say at least, Jake, not so bad when it comes to what the Braves accomplished in Boston and, of course, Miami. Yeah, look, I mean, they could have honestly got got down and had a terrible road trip after what happened in New York, but what a way to bounce back and just win every game after that, which is uh, obviously a great strategy, as you know. Well, if you can win more than you lose, that's a good place to start, but if you're able to win series and sweep series, you'll go pretty far, and the Braves are hoping that this momentum We'll take them pretty far. We're going to talk all about it, the performance of Bryce Elder, some key hits in the ninth inning rally, the sweep itself, and then we're going to turn our attention to the New York Mets, who will be rolling into Truist Park for a four-game series that starts on Monday. We will do all of that here on the Braves Postcast, but I want to remind you, as always, subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, if you've been tuning in with us all season long, you know already that Coffee AM is the official sponsor of the Braves Postcast. It's a... Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. And if you go to coffeeam.com slash locked on today, you can take a look at their full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on for 15% off as well. Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America. So, Jake, we want to talk about this. A 3-1 victory for the Braves in comeback fashion. It seemed like the Braves spent most of the afternoon looking for the big hit. They left 13 men on base in this game, and it felt like every single inning, Atlanta had a runner on, a couple of runners on, and just could not get a big hit to get things moving. Yeah, it seemed like it was going to be that type of day for the offense where they just, like you said, could not get that big hit. And in that seventh inning, when Austin Riley smoked that ball at 111 miles per hour, right at Rojas at shortstop, I thought, okay, it's just going to be that type of day. I thought that was going to be the big hit. I think that gets in the gap, maybe goes to the wall and scores Grissom from first base. That ball was absolutely tattooed. But this Braves team, like you you know, like we've seen all year long, and like Chip Carey likes to remind us, you know, they, they make it exciting at the end. And here they were, you know, they just don't give up. They continue to put pressure on the other team. And more often than not, you give them nine innings, they're going to be able to punch through at some point. And luckily they were able to do that on Sunday. Yeah. And they needed the offense to show up because goodness knows the pitching staff was on point, especially on Saturday and Sunday and some unsung heroes for the Braves as well. And doing it game number one sixteen of the year was the finale of the four game series against the Marlins Braves. Now 70 and 46, 24 games over 500 at this point, three runs on 10 hits, one air, 13 men left on base. Marlins dropped to 50 and 65, a run on five hits, no errors. They left seven men on base. Tyler Matzik picked up, picked up the win in relief. We'll talk about how the win is a little bit deceiving, if you didn't already know that. He did toss a scoreless eighth, though. Tanner Scott, he gave up the three runs in the ninth inning to the Braves, including a game-tying home run for Michael Harris. And then Atlanta finally had a little bit of what we like to call, I guess, batted ball luck. And they were able to scratch across another or, or a run to go ahead and then get a free one, some charity, on a wild pitch that made it a 3-1 game. Scott takes a loss 4-5. and five. Kenley Jansen is 27th save. Three hours, eight minutes time a game, 10,902. We're on hand to see it at Marlins Park. 
the big home run from Harris, I think, was a run that you, you needed to see because if Bryce Elder was going to get tagged with a loss for what was the best start of his career, that was going to be an absolute shame. Seven innings of one-run ball, three walks, three hits, 10 strikeouts. Bryce Elder, along with Cal Muller and Ian Anderson, major shout-out to those three guys for giving the Braves dominant pitching throughout the weekend. They combined for 18 innings, five runs, five walks, 19 strikeouts. Pretty great work by them, and, and no one was better than Bryce Elder on Sunday. Yeah, Bryce Elder was great. And look, Bryce Elder was good when he first started the season with the Braves. The problems were the walks and the inefficiency, not being able to go deep into games. He still walked three batters in this one, but was still a lot more efficient with his pitches, more command in the zone, especially with that sinker, as he noted after the game. But uh, look, yeah, all of them were great. <laughs> you get a series, a four-game series sweep, and you don't use Charlie Morton, Max Fried, or Kyle Wright, or Spencer Strider. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I don't really care who the competition is. And yes, it's the Marlins who struggle mm -hmm. to score a lot of runs. You still got to go out there and do it. And you're still going up against big league hitters. So all the credit in the world to those guys. I mean, it was just really incredible what they were able to step up and do. And it gives you hope for the future as well with some of these young guys to know when injuries like this happen, to have that depth, to be able to call on these guys that come up and fill in in a major role, yeah. that gives you a lot of confidence. It certainly does. I think somebody tweeted me earlier in the day, would you be surprised to know that the Braves are going for a sweep or got that sweep and used basically their sixth, seven, and eighth best starters to do it in terms of the depth chart overall or what you thought it was going to be? I guess Ian Anderson was kind of pulling double duty because he'd be one of the starting five, but then all of a sudden he's out of the starting five and Jake Odorizzi's in the starting five. I don't know how you want to rank them all, but I will say this, and you just touched on it, when you're not using your four big horses and you've got to get them ready, you hope, for this New York Mets series that we're going to be talking about, this was the exact kind of performances the Braves needed, but they had to get that offense going, and they did. Michael Harris, the big hit, his 12th home run of the year. He was two for four on the day. Then Vaughn Grissom, he was two for three, two walks, scored the go-ahead run, uh, really just continues to make great contributions to this Braves team in his first week on the job. He scored on William Contreras' single. He was flagged down behind the second base bag, but Vaughn Grissom was speedy enough to come across and score. Matt Olson scored on a wild pitch after that. The next thing you knew, the Braves had a 3-1 lead. Kinley Jansen was able to work out of a little bit of trouble in the ninth inning. Not too much, though, and able to seal the deal for the Braves. Four-game sweep, six-game winning streak, and they did this on a day Ronald Acuna Jr. was not in the starting lineup, though he did come in later. And, Jake, I think that is a very good sign as you get ready to have this showdown with the first-place club in the division. Ronald Acuna Jr. had himself a great road trip, and you want to have him and the Braves offense firing on all cylinders because you're going to need it against the Mets pitching staff. Yeah, I think most Braves fans like myself were concerned when Ronald you know, came up a little lame on Saturday night, taken out of the game, didn't start on Sunday. But to see him not only come in and pinch hit, but then go back in the field and play defense, yes. that right there uh, was big and, and really telling to me to say, okay, it's uh, not that serious and that he could be back in there you know, on Monday for that Mets series. So certainly great there. But you talk about – the offense, the young guys, Michael Harris, that hit in the ninth inning. First pitch yeah. of the inning, I mean, just an incredible shot there. The at-bat by Von Grissom later in that inning, 11-pitch at-bat. Those two kids, I mean, they have just been absolutely incredible, showing no fear, nothing but confidence at the plate so far as 21-year-olds. Yeah, and when you say kids, I mean, we call them that, and that's just kind of a it, – it's a term of endearment. I'm, you know, anybody who's younger than I am by a few years, I'll call you a kid, and I don't mean anything by that. But these guys, as far as baseball talent – are, are wise beyond their years, if you want to call it that, or have developed well beyond 
what do you think of when you just think of a 21-year-old player just trying to make his mark in the big leagues? Because Michael Harris has been in the middle of a lot of great things for the Braves in a couple of months on, on the job for him. And now Von Grissom's just followed suit. So the 21-year-olds were in the middle of everything going on good for the Braves in the ninth inning. And the Ronald Acuna Jr. news, it was a little bit disconcerting on Saturday. No two ways about it. But keep in mind, he had played two games. He was on that turf. It is a surgically repaired knee. And he said it himself a, a week and a half ago or so. You know, there's some days where the knee feels kind of normal, other days where it does not feel normal. But, you know, Brian Snitker did say that Ronald came to the park ready to play and they just wanted to be cautious with him. So that, I think, was a good sign as well. And hopefully the sign that Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be in there, raring to go against the New York Mets, a series we are going to talk about. It is worth throwing out there. You mentioned all these comebacks, and we know that the Braves have been a club that's been pretty good at this over the years. But would you believe they were 1-40 in when trailing after eight innings this year? prior to their win on Sunday. So if you wanted to kind of uh, maybe get a little bit more good momentum going or some more good feelings going and another uh, you know good way to win a baseball game going, I would say a ninth inning comeback is a good way to do it. So now with that six-game win streak, the Braves find themselves five and a half games behind the New York Mets who beat up on the Phillies over the weekend. And it's going to be a showdown at Truist Park. And we're going to turn our attention to that and preview that series. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you to make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. Locked on sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement pieces. Just use the code LOCKEDON. That is code LOCKEDON. Every order is insured, ships free, arrives in discreet packaging, and won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free. Find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Now, of course, uh, Jake, we've talked about this a little bit. You know, the news about Max Freed, the seven-day concussion IL, and uh, not being available to pitch this weekend. Then, of course, the arm fatigue that Kyle Wright's dealing with, that meant that Spencer Strider was pushed back not just to Sunday, but pushed all the way back to Monday for the opener against the New York Mets, a team that uh, he was not too happy with the way they approached him last time. But you can put your feelings aside. The New York Mets are a professional club that grinds out at bats, and this is going to be the third crack for Spencer Strider at this club. What do you think are the keys to his success for having some success against this Mets lineup? Yeah, look, I'm looking for a big game for Spencer Strider. Like you said, it's the third time he's seen this lineup now, and I feel like he's a smart pitcher. I feel like he's very intellectual in the game and, and coming up with a game plan. I think last time, umpire got in his head. The Mets fouling balls off kind of got in his head, yeah. and he let that really bother him. Hopefully he comes into this game a better mindset and just controls what he can control and pitch his game. And if he does that, I feel very confident that he can give you you know, a really solid start, five, six innings of just really good baseball. He has the stuff. We've seen it. Uh, I think I'm looking for a really good start from Spencer Strider on Monday. And the Braves certainly need that. Monday is game one of a four-game series. Let's walk through these probable pitchers. Spencer Strider, he's 6-4 and four on the year. He gets the ball for the Braves in the opener, as we said. Carlos Carrasco is 13-4. He'll be going for the Mets. He was pitching pretty well. Ronald Acuna Jr. did get to him for that big home run early on in the road trip. But, you know, this is one of those things where you'd like to see it become a trend for Ronald Acuna Jr. to maybe hit a couple of big home runs against the Mets in this series. But it was a very good sign, though it feels like, and it really was, almost a couple of weeks ago when that went down. Game two is Charlie Morton against Taiwan Walker. Game three, Jake Odorizzi is lined up to face Max Scherzer. Then you get to Thursday night. It's going to be Jacob DeGrom for the Mets. So you're getting Scherzer and DeGrom again. And, you know, there's not going to be anything fun about that for the Braves lineup. But the Braves don't know who's going to be pitching that finale or haven't said as of yet. I'm sure Max Fried's got to check a few boxes before he's activated from the concussion protocol or that concussion injured list. And then, of course, you've got Kyle Wright, who skipped a start 
dealing with arm fatigue. And so the Braves kind of have to figure out which one, if either of those guys are available. And then I guess you start looking at some of your heroes from the weekend down in Miami, though drawing the New York Mets is going to be a very different assignment for Ian, Ian Anderson, Kyle Muller, or Bryce Elder, should it be? Yeah, we talked about it in the last couple of series going up against the Mets. It's really come down to the starting pitching and who's won those first five or six innings, and the Braves haven't done that, and that's why the Mets have been so successful against them. So who starts in these series and how you do in those first five or six innings, as in most ball games, going to be very telling. And like I said, the Braves just haven't won that part of the battle in these series here lately. So hopefully, like I said, you get a good start from Strider. Morton's due with his up and down. He's due for a, a good outing here. And I, you know, I hope Max Fried is healthy and I hope he's able to pitch on Thursday because that would just be a great matchup against he and DeGrom. Look, the Braves have put themselves in a situation now where this almost feels like a must win series. I mean, you split yep. the series, you gain absolutely nothing. You win it and you gain two games. So uh, it, it almost feels like must win. You're five and a half back going into it. And you got to face Scherzer and DeGrom in this series. And DeGrom, the way he is pitching right now, uh, is going to be really tough. But uh, again, like I said, it all is going to come down to the starting pitching here. How can the Braves offense stand up against their starters? And can the Braves starters go deep into games and keep the offense in it? Yeah, So, and as far as Thursday is concerned, it would, I think, be either Muller or Anderson. It wouldn't be Elder because he wouldn't have enough days to be back out there on Thursday. So put that aside. And then really you are looking at still four different candidates for that final a game in that series. But the real thing is you got three games before you get there. And for the Braves, you mentioned the stakes are pretty high because every single one of these games means a full game in the standings. If you do split it, yeah, you're back where you started, but you've pulled four days off of the calendar, which is not ideal. If you lose the series, as we saw up in New York, you could lose four games in the standings and that could be pretty tough for the Braves or any team this time of year to make up. If that was tacked on to the five and a half, they're already back. If they figure out a win, a way to win this series, then yeah, you're right. A couple of games in the standings would help them. And then you got to go out and play the rest of the schedule. And these two teams will meet again before the year is over. But this, I think, is the biggest series of the year, Jake, the biggest homestand of the year as well. Because once the Mets are done, the Houston Astros roll in for that World Series rematch. So this is going to be quite a week at Truist Park. It is. Look, the Astros are very good. I, I tend to think they're the best team in all of baseball. I think them and the Dodgers and the Mets are the top three. So I think it's going to be a tough week, like you said, a tough homestand for the Braves. And especially win or lose, it's going to be an emotional four games against New York. And then you got to come back from that and play a Houston Astros team that is very good. But hey, you want to see where you are? You want to see what type of team you can be? This is your opportunity to do so. And look, I still think the Braves can contend with any of those teams that I just mentioned if they play their best game. So hopefully we see that this week. Yeah, it's going to be the Braves trying to play their best game because you know you're going to get the best shot from the New York Mets. We've seen that already this year, and we saw it about a week or so ago up at City Field. This is a tough team, very different team than they were a year ago, and the Braves are going to have to be up to the challenge. It begins on Monday night at 720, Spencer Strider against Carlos Carrasco in game one of four between the Braves and the Mets. We appreciate you, as always, joining us here on the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube, and make sure you subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be coming at you win or lose after each one of the games in this Mets series and throughout this homestand. So we'll hope you'll join us. He's Jake Mastriani. I'm Grant McCauley, and we will catch you next time. So long, everyone.
Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 